0: Art on 96 FM and C103. And you're very welcome back to the program. Elmarie Ma and Connor Tallon here with you until 10. Connor, it's time for a book now. Yes, indeed. And when John Brain from Waterstones got in touch with me a couple of weeks ago, suggesting that maybe I would like to have a chat with. Well, Annu Bergman, the author of the international bestseller, The Witches of Vardo, I jumped at it, absolutely. So I got to talk to her during the week anyway, and um, first of all, if I know where she lived, she's up on the top of a mountain. No mobile reception, but it was grand. We managed to record the interview, and the first thing, of course, I was trying to figure out is, where is Vardo? Anyway, she's on the top of the mountain, I'm down the bottom of the valley, we figured it out between the two of us. Anya, it's great to be able to get through to you. You might as well be living in Norway because you are out of range of mobile phones. You're on the top of your mountain. I'm on the bottom of my valley. But the world is your oyster right now because since your book, The Witches of Vardo, came out, you've been all over the world. But it's an amazing world that you you brought to us first. Anya, The Witches of Vardo begs a question, where is Vardo?
1: <laughs> OK, <laughs> it is a real place yeah. and it is even more remote than where I'm living now in County Kerry. Tiny island right up in the far north of Norway. If you look at a map of Norway, or actually there's a, a map at the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. trace the whole coastline of Norway, which is a very long country. If you spin Norway on its axis, the top will actually reach Naples. Yeah. So it's incredibly long country. And right up at the top, there's this peninsula called the Varanga Peninsula. And you'll see this tiny wee island off that peninsula. So it's way above the Arctic Circle. It's actually very close to Russia. Most easily you can get in Norway, but it is an extremely remote tiny little rock of an island. There's no trees on this island. It's quite remarkable to think that people actually live there. And people do live there. They live there now.
0: But we're not talking about present day, Varda We're talking Norway, 1662. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to what brought you to Norway in 1662.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like to go to different places. I was living in Ireland and I decided I wanted to change a scene (laughs) and I wanted to write a book set in Norway. I went to live in Norway. I brought my son with me as well. He went into school there. And I started working on a completely different book. And then I came across the stories witch hunts in Norway. And I'd always been interested in the history of witch trials. I knew about Salem. I knew about the, you know, Essex witch trials. I knew about the Lancashire ones, you know, the famous ones. um, And of course, Scotland. But I had never heard of witch trials in Norway. And I started investigating them. And I discovered that there was this kind of tiny island where they all happened more or less or this whole region called Finnmark in the far north of Norway Mm -hmm. I thought this was really interesting and I was also very gripped as a writer by the landscape which is so dramatic I went up to the island in midwinter in December that's intense (laughs) it's like 24 hours dark Snow blizzards. I was like, oh my God, how oh, do people live here? No. I went to bed at four in the afternoon because I just didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> but it was really, really intense. But I saw the, the Northern Lights as well, which was yeah. really spectacular. One of the important things to say is that on this island, there is the most amazing memorial to those who were persecuted and executed, paid for by the Norwegian state and opened by their queen. But it is the most incredible memorial. So I went to visit that. It didn't take much imagination to go back in time Mm. to 1662 and kind of get a feeling of the intensity of the experience of being there and being, you know, put in the witch's hole and knowing that your fate was going to be most likely being burned at the stake. So yeah, that kind of gripped my imagination. But also, as I went to this memorial, there's a part of it, part of it's created by this Swiss architect called Peter Zumthor. And it's like these giant fishing racks that are kind of put together, but you go inside them and there's like this long, dark tunnel with like light bulbs dropping at different points and because it's like a fishing racket, it sways in the wind so you get feels very it's like going into a haunted house really <laughs> but on the sides of the walls all the stories of all the people every single person is commemorated and that gave me this idea that i wanted yeah. to find out more and then the kind of next stage that happened was i discovered there was this book call it my big black book <laughs> it's huge and very heavy and it's a book of all the trial records facsimiles of the original trial records I can actually see the names of the people accused and then it's conveniently translated into English it was put together by this amazing professor Professor Lee Bell Williamson wow. I read actually the testimony of those accused of witchcraft and what yeah. they said in yeah. trial okay. so that kind of really ignited me and I wanted to I guess raise their voices, you know, bring their story back into our consciousness because I felt it was relevant for now.
0: Now, the interesting thing is, obviously, we'd have to fast forward. You got a publisher, you got published. Mm-hmm. Then there was the response. Mm-hmm. It became an international bestseller. It's not a new story. It's an old story. That kind of story has been told before. How did you capture people's imagination? Or have you any idea why people choose your book all over the world?
1: I think that's the answer everybody wants to know. (laughs) What is it? What is it? But I think something about this story, I've written other books, but this book is my passion project and it took a long time. I think when something takes a long time, then it has to happen at the time it's meant to happen. Something I would say to all writers, if you're feeling, you know, oh God, this will never happen, but you're kind of passionate about something, just do not give up. (laughs) And then do not give up, you'll get there. And I think what happened was that this book came out at a particular period of time where it really vibrated or or resonated Mm. for a lot of readers in terms of their own personal experiences, what's going on in the world. And Mm. it also came this, you can feel the whole kind of zeitgeist of it, that there's a lot of other books coming out about witch stories, whether they're fantasy or nonfiction or retellings of witch trials. So it's part of this movement, this idea of, okay, it's time to actually reclaim this part of our history. It was you know, a femicide. Mm. Primarily there were some men involved, but in Norway it was primarily a femicide In some other countries men were accused. But, you know, it's time to kind of have this reckoning with our past and see that elements of this are still present when you look at what's going on in Iran, when you look at what's going on in the states over abortion rights, when you look at the Me Too movement, it's all interconnected, in my opinion.
0: You've touched, obviously, a major nerve there. And it's amazing how history repeats itself in strange ways. Yeah. Next Wednesday, you're coming to Cork, to Waterstones, to to talk. Talk more, because don't spill all your beans here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't. (laughs) And people can catch you at a gathering at half past six in Waterstones. Well, you effectively it's the first event in Ireland where people get to
1: together
0: in, in honour of the memory of the Witches of Ardo.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to be doing this event because I am an Irish author, so it is my first event on the Witches of Ardo in Ireland. And mm. everyone is welcome. It's free. <laughs> I will be talking about research that was involved, the story behind the book, but also reading okay. some passages and very open to questions on this book and on the history of witch trials. I'm I'm a bit obsessed with it. Could talk about it all night long.
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Are you working on anything at the moment?
1: I am. I ah, am indeed. Ah. Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. My aim as a writer, I guess, is to find stories, true stories about real women from the past, because all the women in The Witches of Arda are real people, mm-hmm. and then kind of retell it from maybe a feminist angle or repraise certain characters. Yeah. So the next period of history that I'm delving into is the French Revolution, but also at the Ireland during that time and leading up to the Great Rebellion in 1798. Wow. And so I'm looking at some women that lived during that period. In particular, the story is focused on this particular character called Mademoiselle Le Nomont, who was a famous psychic and tarot reader in France during the period of the revolution. The working title of the book is The Tower Reader of Versailles. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So okay. I think that's probably all I'm going to say. That's well, all you need no. to
0: tell me. That's all you need to tell everybody else. Yeah. That's great. Delighted for you. Uh, I'll just repeat your name so people will remember it because it's a name that will be remembered. Anya Bergman, thank you so much for just taking some time out from the top of your mountain. We're looking forward to you coming down to the valley and having a chat with us on Wednesday in Waterstones. Good luck with your current project as well.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Connor.
0: So I'll be looking forward to seeing you all there at half past six on Wednesday in Waterstones. Just think of all the W's, okay? Oh, uh, listen, that sounds like a fascinating uh, evening and I (laughs) bet you know what will be as interesting as her excerpts from the book and uh, chatting about the research would be the questions that will come from the floor totally that's going to be an amazing conversation i'm saying you shouldn't be able to enjoy questioning her as much as i did because <laughs> yeah. she she has a lot of oh, yeah, answers to give yeah a lot of work has gone into that